Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on the recording. But let us get started. Boom, 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 Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzballs. Hey friends, <laughs> episode 141. Not the best intro ever, but we're just going to keep it. I'm not even going to listen to it. We're just going to let it go. But hey, welcome to another episode of Laugh It Up Fuzzball as a record on a Sunday night. A Sunday night, which of course is Game of Thrones night, but I have not seen the newest episode. Instead, I'm recording for you, friends. Got off a little early from work, recording all of the thoughts in the solo episode of Laugh It Up Fuzzball, but welcome. Welcome to the podcast brought to you by our continuous sponsor, the Carry On Couple Podcast. Thanks to Ryan and Katrina for always shouting out this podcast on their much better done travel podcast. If you ever wanted to travel, they're going to give you all the tips, including their adventures. Recently, they just talked about their adventures in Japan, but hey, hey, Ryan, I know you're one of my regular listeners, and hey, Trina, we'll get you on the podcast. They're going to come on and talk about the Avengers and Marvel movies at some point here in the near future, which uh, really has to do with uh, what I'm talking about, but man, welcome. Hey, all of you fellow listeners in the United Kingdom, Ireland, France, the Netherlands, Bangladesh, Korea, Pakistan, the Philippines, Thailand, Norway, China, Turkey, Japan, Myanmar, Canada, and Burkina Faso that if you remember from the last episode is in Africa. Holy international community of fuzzballs. A giant fuzzy thank you to everyone who listens. And if you're listening from one of those countries or another one, hey, welcome. Holy wow. I appreciate it. But yeah, let's just get started because there's plenty to talk about uh, in the Let the Wookiee Win department in Star Wars. It's been a little quiet on Star Wars news because, of course, Celebration ended, got all the news there, talked about that on the last episode, and then uh, and then there's a little bit of a lull because there was a little movie, just a little bitty movie called Endgame that came out. Perchance you heard of it. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you saw it like me. Bam! I think one or, one or two billion people probably saw it. Who knows what the number is, but in the Star Wars world, here we got J.J. Abrams teasing that there's more to the story of Rey's parents. Who knows what that means? Of course, a lot of people uh, didn't like in The Last Jedi, maybe, that Rey was uh, a nobody from nowhere. It was something that I really loved, especially because of my my uh, youngest daughter. Give Anybody could be a, an awesome lady Jedi. I guess you'd have to be a lady first. But anybody could be an awesome Jedi, but the ladies can be awesome lady Jedis. And uh, maybe there's more to the story. There's been people talking about the trailer like, oh, is that is, is a ship in the scene the same ship that Rey saw in the, the Force Back visions from, from Episode 7? I don't know. Maybe I've seen I've seen the comparison pictures that lead me to believe that could be possible. We'll just have to wait to see the movie. Who knows? More to the story. Yeah, yeah. We don't know that much about Ray. We actually really don't. We know uh, the, the little bit from those those force backs, and we know everything we've seen in episode seven and episode eight. So there's there's definitely more to what's going on. For her. was Kylo Ren lying? I don't know. I sort of hope not. But I think it'd be wonderful if he was both telling the truth and lying. I think that'd be cool. But you know, there's more. And J.J. Abrams is has finished uh, episode nine. The trailer was great. I've talked to lots of people about it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> have you seen Endgame? And have you seen the uh, the episode nine trailer? In fact, I talked to somebody at work today. I was like, "Have you seen the new Star Wars trailer?" And I was like, "Oh my god, was there a new Star Wars trailer that I missed?" No. Wanted to talk about the one from uh, two weeks ago. Hey, it's still new to them. Shout out to Allison if you're listening. Yeah, it's new. I feel you. Okay, it's still new. Uh, although it feels old. Old like my bones from from me celebrating this weekend. Man, I went to an awesome ska show in Huntington Beach. Got to see uh, 
uh, an oi band from from up north in in uh, I think Washington or Oregon. The the Drowns and got to see Safe Ferris and the Aquabats. I'm wearing a, a highlighter yellow Aquabat shirt right now as I record. Got to see Real Big Fish. Got to see um, Goldfinger and Streetlight Manifesto and Blink 182. And it was lovely. It was all in the sand. We had beach towels and me and Heather and little Thai guy. And some of my high school friends, shout out to Jerry and Josh, got to got to skink it up, almost twisted my ankle skinking in the sand. But uh, but enough about ska and highlighter yellow in the in the sun yesterday. So much excitement! Wow, I actually had a Saturday off. It was crazy, and I didn't record because I went to go enjoy some adult life. <laughs> Here I am on Sunday recording. Uh, people have talked about Kathleen Kennedy confirming the Old Republic in development. No, that doesn't mean that they're doing uh, Knights of the Old Republic as a movie. Doesn't mean it's going to be a television show. Doesn't really mean anything other than they they agree that that's something that people want to see. And there is a chance. There is a chance, friends, that we'll get something Old Republicy in the future. Time will tell. I think uh, they're gonna they're gonna coordinate all of their efforts towards uh, the promotion of episode nine, and after that, we shall see where it goes. Will there will there be the one or two year break, like I talked about on a previous episode? We'll we'll see. Also, some news reports that uh, Kathleen Kennedy said that episode nine will not be the end for some sequel era characters. Sure, maybe okay. That I could see them down the line doing more for any of our characters that survive episode nine. You know, whether that's Poe or Finn or Ray, we'll we'll see. People love these characters, so maybe maybe in a decade they'll start a new trilogy. You'll get you'll get episode ten, eleven, and twelve with all of these characters that you've come to love, and maybe there'll be a new crop of characters that are involved. Who knows, friends? We shall see if uh, people like it enough and it makes enough money. Sure. They may may do more. I think uh, after I see episode nine, I'll have a much better opinion on whether I would like to see more from all these characters. And I'm sure the answer is probably going to be yes. But really, like I said, Star Wars news, a little bit light. That's it. But that means we get to go to all the geeky flavors and uh, what to talk about. Um, if you like, go on the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs Facebook page, which I think I, I definitely pimp enough on this podcast but wait he's not done uh there was the uh jimmy fallon avengers endgame video that i posted up if uh you like the song we didn't stop the fire it's uh in the video and you can watch it even blue like the fire although he says he doesn't normally like jimmy fallon it was a pretty good video with uh, lots of the avengers cast singing the phases off that's enough right otherwise i'll get sued i think if i do that song for too long but yeah it's really good uh it's towards the top of the feed laughing up fuzz balls so just fuzzball with an s join if you're not a fan if you're no, well, i guess if you're not a fan hopefully if you're listening to the podcast you're a fan if you accidentally found me though and you're from burkina faso hey welcome welcome fellow friend from africa yeah yeah the real wakandans listening to the podcast hey heck yeah welcome uh but yeah uh you can check it out just go on facebook.com and uh if that's if that's not your style i don't i'm trying to think of other ways that we could maybe maybe get fans together i don't know maybe over this summer i'll do some brainstorming and maybe we'll figure something out but for now that's uh that's the best way we have it is the book of faces the laugh at a fuzzballs group uh it is a closed group so you have to ask to join but it's really you ask to join and i say yes and then you're part of the fun you join uh 500 people that that just talk about geeky stuff yes some of us talk about the geeky stuff a little bit more than others but uh, currently, as of right now, I just looked at my phone. Four hundred sixty-seven members. We've gotten it. We've gotten it up above that. But that's that's a good amount of people. Good amount of people talking some geeky stuff. And I'm sure I'll probably be throwing out some invites to at least people I'm connected to on Facebook again. Uh, and if if you're already on the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs page, do it. Do the thing. Yeah, that activating Danny Blue and Ryan, <laughs> activating all the people who listen, activating Jen and uh, and everyone. Uh, Corey and all of you, all of you. If I haven't said your name, you know who you are. As uh, fuzzballs assemble, <laughs> and uh, I guess that's you're sort of getting like, when's he gonna get to it? When's he gonna talk about Endgame? We're getting there. There also was a really cool uh, Endgame rap that I threw up by an art, a rap artist named Eko E K O H. Oh man, it's good. Guy has some serious uh, Marshall Mathers skills with his rapping about about Avengers. No spoilers for Endgame, so you could totally watch it. I wouldn't throw anything up as spoilers. In fact, there's an entire moratorium that I put on my post at least a week. Uh, friend David and then uh, Chris said maybe a week's not long enough. I haven't decided yet. Maybe, maybe, yes, maybe no. We shall see. 
but uh definitely at least a week to give people the time to uh time and plus guys i'm not that famous it's not like there's a, a ton of crazy people i think a lot of the people that are on the page are the sort of people who would have gone to see it yet but we will we'll figure it out of course my goal is never to spoil anything but i guess that just gets me to a short non-spoiler end game review so picture me working and uh, i'm on my lunch break i'm getting off at 1 a.m and i'm just like man how am i gonna avoid spoilers and when am i gonna get to see this movie like i have to work it's thursday night i had a ticket but i had to sell it because i had to work a, a closing shift and uh man i really want to see it and then i just decided i bought a ticket i bought one of those buffer seats it's the beauty of uh, assigned seating everybody has their buffer seats and if you're willing to go see a movie by yourself the buffer seat is yours like the title of the podcast says always one there is because always one buffer seat is available at these showings and uh and i found me my buffer seat for a 1 a.m viewing of the movie which means because I went to an AMC, they showed like 30 minutes of trailers. God, the only time I was ready for the movie to be over was when I was waiting for the trailers to end so the dabgum endgame movie could start. Um, but it starts, and it was it's a three-hour movie, so I didn't get back to my car until it was 5 a.m. in the morning, like exactly on my car when I got there. And I got home, and I couldn't sleep because I was so wired and excited for it. And surely there are there's some moments in there to, to tug at the heartstrings. I didn't cry, but definitely felt all misty-eyed it was it was dusty and not in a way that infinity war ends dusty just dusty where i was like man lots of emotions uh but man this this is not where i spoil endgame the movie is great wonderful amazing everything that i wanted if if you have favorite characters odds are there are going to be moments in this movie for those characters and uh, this is the culmination it's the 22nd movie of of 11 years of filmmaking and holy wow is it amazing i will talk more about endgame in the future but uh at the risk there's no way to talk about endgame without spoiling anything so just this is short go see it go see it it's great it's it's fucking amazing it is wonderful i've had so many delightful conversations with people about events that have happened in endgame and uh, it's it's really amazing. And don't take my word for it. Seriously, take take the fact that Endgame made $1.2 billion in four to five days of being out in its opening weekend. $350 million in the U.S., more than $859 million worldwide, including $330.5 million from China, which is a bang-up weekend there in China. Uh, 4,662 theaters, and this is a three-hour movie, so it did not have as many showings as a two-hour movie, but still made all the money, set all the records. Hopefully, this can can beat you know, Titanic and Avatar and just be like the number one movie. That would be my hope and dream for it. But it's just others oh, like $19.9 billion total for the MCU. That is an astronomical sort of money. And, and because I realize that some people still haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil Endgame, but uh, I will say you should go see it. And they wanted you to see it too because the marketing campaign for this movie was like Marvel's biggest ever. It was over $200 million and people were willing to to market this movie just because having the connection to Avengers like gives them something that's like a 50% like like bump in their in their profits just by being connected to the property but uh like i'll say you know don't spoil avengers i'm not spoiling avengers uh, thanos will erase you the the russos have gone up on twitter saying don't spoil it all the actors have gone up saying don't spoil it uh so yes but what i will spoil my friends actually it's not a spoiler so you don't have to fast forward it's just a uh, really cool news that the russo brothers are apparently working on a stan lee documentary uh, they did confirm that the cameo of Stanley in Endgame is the very last Stanley cameo you're going to ever get. That's the end of it in that universe. But uh, yeah, they're working on a Stanley documentary of some sort. They didn't have a lot of details, but it was while they were doing the press tour. I believe they were in India when they actually dropped this news. But they're they're doing some sort of real, real look at Stanley. This isn't Stanley, you know, the movie that they'd heard about Stanley being a superhero. I talked about that in the past. I don't know how long ago it was, but this is actually like a, a real life look at Stanley, which is really, really cool. And Marvel, once we, once we get all of, all of, uh, 
all of phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe done. We're actually going to find out. But we, we do have to wait. I believe we have to wait till the end of Far From Home because Kevin Feige has said that uh, Endgame is not the end of phase three. Somehow the Spider-Man movie is going to be the end of phase three although we all know it's really end game but that's fine we'll see we'll see what far from home brings with spidey and mysterio in europe and i'm, I'm sure we'll actually at some point we could be getting trailers for that we will we will get more info uh fight kevin feige also came out he actually was uh talking about the movie shang chi and uh I thought I thought it was pretty interesting, uh, this quote from Kevin Feige when he was talking about Shang-Chi. This is him, and I quote, I think every movie that we do is a risk. We only want to do movies that people seem to think are risks. Doing the story of an Asian-American hero of Chinese heritage is something that is very intriguing to us. It will be really different and special. And I, I think that's great. Uh, he's so optimistic about how both American and inter international audiences will respond to the very first Asian lead. I'll quote him again. I hope audiences around the world responded to it in the same way they did to Steve Rogers, whether they have an American flag or not. And uh, I think I think that is really, really freaking good news. I, 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 I'm excited for what they'll do with the Master of Kung Fu, Shang-Chi in a movie. I think think could be really good. Lots of new heroes to be excited by. Feige also promised uh, much more for Marvel's inclusive future, including an openly gay uh, Chinese character, and maybe some body positivity sooner than you think in the movie. So who knows? Who knows? We, we might get to see characters that look more like us. Or maybe maybe you saw Endgame and you already saw something like that. Who knows? Spoilers in the future for Endgame, but not today. I guess I feel bad. I actually meant in this episode before I realized I was going to see Endgame and talk about it here to do a Shazam non-spoiler review. And I'm like, wow, after after gushing about Endgame, I have to tell you, if I had to make, you, make a choice whether you were going to go see Endgame or go see Shazam, I'm going to tell you to go see Endgame. But Shazam was a really fun movie. This is non-spoiler still. Uh, it did open pretty well. Like 53 million domestic, like 102 million foreign. Did really well for a DC movie. And you know, it's Shazam is fun, friends. Uh, Zachary Levi does a really great job as the title superhero. And then all the other actors in the movie. It just, it was incredibly fun. Uh, I There's no other way you can talk about the Shazam movie without just saying how dabgum fun it is it totally exists in a dc universe where where there are other superheroes where there is you know batman and superman and uh wonder woman uh this is most of it actually comes through comes through uh as a, a certain character that wears superhero t-shirts because that is is something that exists but um, Asher Angel, really good as Billy Batson. I mean, I, I do have a couple qualms of the movie, but I'm not going to talk about that here. Uh, but none of the qualms take away from it. It was a movie that I really enjoyed. I got to go see it with my buddy Kyle. Shout out to Kyle if he's listening to the podcast. His uh, lovely wife and then my beautiful Heather. We all went out as a double date. It was really, really good. Mark Strong is uh, as the bad guy. Amazing. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, who you might know from It. Really, really good. Jaman Hansu as the wizard Shazam. Yes, yes, the wizard Shazam is is uh, is dark skinned in the movie, and it's really, really great. Uh, the movie it just has lots of stuff. It is totally about family. You get a lot for the foster kids, um, and it, it's just good. And this is this is uh, definitely Shazam. Uh, if you if you're a fan of the the Seven Deadly Sins, you might not be disappointed by this. And the way the movie ends with its end credits, and you're just like, what? Are they really going to be doing that? And yes, they really are. But Savannah was a very interesting bad guy, and this is this is the origin story for Billy Badson being Shazam, and uh, and it's it's just lovely. Also, a shout out to this movie, just because one of my friends, Haley Fulton, her sister Grace Fulton is is mary marvel is mary bromfield and uh yeah it's really really exciting uh exciting for her to uh to actually get to be in the shazam movie i think it's cool like a girl from from the the, the my neck of the woods totally being that but uh really 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 great eugene and pedro and rosa and victor and oh, man it just it was good freddie freeman i really like jack dylan grazer as freddie freeman I, I thought that was amazing and uh john glover if you're a fan of smallville he's in the movie too 
And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really fun. Aquaman is in this world. And uh, David F. Sandberg, as the director, uh, did, a, did a really good job directing this. It definitely, at times, has horror vibes. Not a movie that I would say you have age-appropriate. Maybe make sure that, that it's a 13-year-old, like a, a, a strong 13-year-old going to see this movie. Because there, there's some dark stuff in the movie. It's not completely just made for kids. Uh, but they, they kept a low budget for it, uh, less than $100 million, and it's made, I think, like $350 million or more worldwide. And uh, it's just a really incredible good movie. It's super fun. Probably a movie that I'll talk about more in the future as well, but I don't want to spoil that. This is no spoilers. Uh, always one there is is referencing the buffer seat, not referencing the spoiler of Wookiee talking about Shazam or Endgame. What else do we have in the geeky news? We got uh, John Cena reportedly up for a role in Suicide Squad. Uh, a lot of a lot of the outlets that I've seen talk about this is saying that this was the uh, the spot that was open for Dave Bautista uh, in the movie. So we'll see. John Cena Cena might be taking it. So they were like, we need an acting wrestler, and and John Cena and Dave Bautista are acting wrestlers what else we got travis knight apparently up to direct mark Wahlberg's six million dollar man whoa what we're gonna we're gonna get marky mark six million dollar man and travis knight uh directing it so if if you're if you're a big fan of travis knight as a director you uh you may enjoy seeing him uh seeing him uh Direct one of the Wahlberg brothers, the most famous of, of all the Wahlberg brothers, if we're honest. Uh, Six billion dollar man. I mean, I remember watching that show as a kid, and uh, you know, Travis Knight did a great job on the Bumblebee movie. Uh, did a great job on Kubo and the Two Screens, uh, <laughs> and the and the Two Strings, not the Two Screens. Maybe that's why that movie didn't make a lot of money. Did not have a have enough screens. Of course, uh, connected to Paranorman and the Box Trolls and a lot of stuff with Leica. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think this could be really great. I really, really enjoyed that Bumblebee movie. So, uh, yeah, um, what else do we have? Oh, the Disney plus Marvel shows, uh, apparently are going to be closely linked to the movies. Uh, and, and if you didn't already hear there, there's shows coming, I guess I'll, I'll keep uh, a lot of the titles secret just cause you haven't seen Endgame yet. But uh, you can look them up online. But uh, there is going to be a What If show, apparently. It's just going to be great. And a Marvel 616 show and a Hero Project show and more. And I have talked about it in previous episodes, but I just won't at this point since we're talking Endgame. We got uh, Titans on DC Universe. Has uh, Season 2 casting already begun. And they've cast uh, Game of Thrones star Ian Glenn as Batman. So when I was talking about the Onion Knight on a previous episode to be Batman, I was wrong. It's uh, Ian Glenn, so yes, that is that is going to be your Batman, and you're going to get Batman on the show that, that became famous for saying F Batman, <laughs> so now, now that is what you're getting, and hopefully that's something that you wanted, and if it's not something that you wanted, I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how I can help you, I have not seen any of the first season of Titans, so I, I just don't know. I don't know, but uh, it is Mormont who's connected to the Khaleesi being a Batman. So good for you, Mr. Sir, on the Game of Thrones. Um, What else? Oh, Why the Last Man, which uh, is a show that's going to be coming out. Apparently the showrunners have exited the show. Does not mean that the show is canceled. It just means that there was irreconcilable differences of some sort between the showrunners and the people putting why the last man up and uh that's uh, it sucks sucks that that's happening but uh you know what 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 are you gonna do it uh that just means that they had one vision for it and uh whoever the people that are bankrolling it uh so fx is still getting the the why show that's what they're calling it and they're not calling it why the last man they're just gonna call why and i do wonder why the uh the showrunners have left but uh, yeah, this is a beloved comic by Brian K. Vaughn and is amazing. And uh, hopefully, this TV adaptation of the series is really, really good. I uh, it's expected to premiere in 2020, and we'll just we'll just see how it all shakes out, won't we, friends? Um, we got Saga, the amazing comic Saga, which I actually I'm going to be talking about somewhere here in the future in the summer when I have a little bit more time. Uh, but it, it's it's ending with issue 108. It's 54 issues right now. The hiatus will continue, 
but uh, we're getting uh, twice as much as what we already have of Saga, and uh, yes, awesome, amazing, really good news. Uh, we got the another uh, image comic. Hadrian's Wall has been optioned for a feature. The co-creator Kyle Higgins apparently is going to direct. I have not read Hadrian's Wall, so uh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, lots of things getting option, and if that's a comic that you like, it is one of the newer comics from Image. It, it's it's gonna be option for a feature film. So there you go, uh, Krypton season two. It's coming back June twelfth. I actually got this on my Twitter, <laughs> and it said, "We're back." Bastages, and I just got so incredibly excited because anybody that knows the word bastage is uh, is is Lobo, the the main man, and uh, yeah, we're getting June twelfth. The very first episode is going to be called Light Years from Home, and uh, and and we're going to get this amazing, amazing, uh, amazing show. And I I really love the first season. And I think it's great. Actually, I follow Cameron Cuff, the the actor that plays Superman's grandpa, on uh, Twitter, and that's uh that's where I got the news. We're back, bastages, and hey, hey, Krypton, come back, because I cannot wait to watch more of this show. Uh, there was a, a sizzle reel on HBO. Of course, if you don't know, sizzle reel is just where HBO shows everything that's coming up. Of course, right now, the only thing people care about HBO for is game of thrones but game of thrones you know tonight is the third episode of the sixth episode eighth season so at some point they're going to need reasons to to have people still watching hbo and one of the hopes i'm sure is that the watchman show is going to be one of those things and if you want to catch some glimpses of the watchman show just watch the sizzle reel nothing nothing crazy to talk about but there are glimpses they're they're shooting it and uh yeah yeah it should be fun I guess we can head on down to the trailer park just for a moment. Uh, so Lots of trailers to talk about. There's a, a new trailer for Dark Phoenix. I actually thought it was a really good trailer. It is It is worth watching. There is an amazing new trailer for Child's Play. Really, really good. Uh, what else? There is a, a trailer for Detective Pikachu. I actually saw that trailer before Endgame. Uh, what a Wonderful World of Pokemon. It's, it's, it's good. There's a trailer for Gemini Man. Old Will Smith. Fighting young Will Smith and young Will Smith, fr- fresh Prince Air Will Smith fighting old Will Smith in the Gemini Man. Hey, looks interesting. Sci-fi goodness. I did see the new trailer for Godzilla King of the Monsters. I did tell Blue that's a movie that I actually am not as hyped for as I, I feel like I should be. But I watched this trailer and I, I got a little bit more hyped. It's uh it's good with Gadira and Mothra and more and of course Godzilla himself. Man, uh, that that movie's coming out soon, so hype, hype, hype. Uh, What else? There was a trailer for The Boys on Amazon, which is going to be coming out July 26th. So that is another show to be watching this summer. Lots of television. You think you're done from all the the primetime television. You're not. You're not. Because there's going to be more. Uh, Also a teaser for uh, Swamp Thing. A Swamp Thing teaser. Uh, Jen actually threw that up on the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs page. That comes out May 31st. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, man, it totally makes it look like it's going to be a horror show and, uh, and, and hopefully not a horror show, meaning it's bad. Just, uh, just, yeah, it looks, it looks dark and like, it's going to be scary. And executive producer, James Wan, which, you know, gives people even more horror vibes and you don't really get to see Swampy, but you sort of get to see Swampy and it, it was interesting. It was good. Uh, I still don't know if I'm going to be paying for DC universe to watch Swamp Thing, but I think I might for just like, at least like two months just so I can watch a Swamp Thing and maybe I'll catch up with uh, Titans and with uh, with uh, the other show that's that's not coming to my head right now. <laughs> the Cyborg show, that's not Cyborg. Uh, maybe I'll catch up on all the DC shows and talk about it here. We shall see. And then the last little bit of news is just uh, The Gifted has been officially canceled after two seasons. Sad face from the Wookiee. I know this is a listening show, but it's sad. It's not Endgame sad, but it's sad. <laughs> but that that's all the news to talk about. I guess uh, we'll just get into a, a small screen Star Wars sci-fi superhero synopsis. Does that sound good to you? 
Uh, I Like I said, I'm looking forward to watching the Game of Thrones episode 3 tonight. But what I have watched are the first two episodes. Uh, season 8, episode 1, Winterfell. Season 8, episode 2, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. And the show is back, but don't expect it to be all battles and bloodshed right from the beginning. has been gone for almost two years, and we do need to catch up with uh, characters in Winterfell. We do need to deal with the arrival of Danny and her army. Uh, we do have to deal with what's going on with her and Jon Snow. Uh, the nice thing is there are a lot of homages to the very first episode of the show in this first episode of the season. Lots of good scenes abound. I'm really trying to be non-spoiler here, so it is difficult to talk about anything specific. You can't expect Danny's dragons to make an appearance because you know that she has dragons. That's not a spoiler. Uh, but there are surprises on that end. If you're wondering about the big reveal of Jon's heritage from the previous season, it is handled in the show. And, uh, and between the two episodes out so far, I really like how they're working with that info. Uh, Sam is one of my favorite characters. He gets love. Uh, and then Leanna Mormont also gets to be the badass child leader of House Mormont here. Uh, me and Danny, big fans of House Mormont. We have said that's the house we would be in if we were in Game of Thrones. Uh, the White Walker army led by the Night King is certainly still a threat. Underrides a lot of what's going on. There's tension for Tyrion as the hand of the queen. Jamie Lannister also figures into the whole drama magnificently. Brianna Tarth gets lots of love in the second episode. When I saw the title for that second episode, I was like, well, hello, punny episode title that describes something specific that happens in the episode. But then really what the entire episode is about. Uh, the whole point uh, of, of that episode was a last night. And no, not the awful Transformers movie that Blue hates, but the last living moment for a ton of characters that fans have become attached to. Uh, that's not a spoiler because I haven't watched it. I don't know if anybody dies, but this is how characters deal with this moment. And all, di all the different interactions in the second episode were so dang good. Heck, there's even a song from a character that I did not know could sing that was interwoven incredibly well with an, a bunch of other great moments with characters. Lots of tension and release, and it is really, really good. Um, I was surprised that there were so many spots for me to smile and laugh and wonder when the show is going to change that to exclamations and sadness. Um, the first two episodes were not the episodes I was expecting, but I enjoyed the hell out of them. I think that's as much as I could say without being a spoiler troll. Uh, heck, I, I actually debated just waiting until all six episodes were said and done before I talked about it, but I figured I could mention it a little. When this is all finished, I certainly will talk with someone about this season. Maybe one of you listeners, uh, if you were somebody who loves Game of Thrones, reach out. Uh, and, and and we'll talk about being on the show. I, I plan on having an, another summer of guests, having a lot of people on. In fact, I just talked to one of my buddy James about coming on and talking about some geeky stuff. We, ha we always have really great comics conversations. So, James, if you're listening, yeah, bud, still totally want you to come on. Uh, a show that I am watching that I'm not going to talk about specific episodes, mainly because I think Danny would just be butthurt if I talked about it without him. American Gods Season 2 is actually going on. There have been seven episodes so far, and uh, it's only an eight-episode season. So it's wrapping up with the eighth episode, which uh, probably aired yesterday or maybe airs tonight. So I'll be, I'll be watching that. But Danny, get your ass on the podcast so we can talk about American Gods because, man, it it is really really good and i want to talk about it but if you if you like the first season of american gods uh, i think you will really enjoy the second season if you haven't seen the first season of american gods man what what are you doing get get on it it's incredibly good it would be worth doing a a free a free child of uh of the uh the app the stars app to actually watch this but uh it's it's really good stuff american gods good good stuff but we're gonna we're gonna move past that and talk about cloak and dagger it's back friends uh cloak and dagger on freeform uh season two there have been several episodes episode one was uh called restless energy episode two was called white lines and the show the show kicked off with its premiere with two episodes with a two-hour premiere man the show is back and the two episodes uh, were, were good. If you wondered about Mayhem joining the action, it's right here. Done differently, but also wonderfully giving actress Emma Lahana lots of time to shine when acting in different scenes. One thing I like is the season kicks off swapping the lives of Tandy and Tyrone. They live differently now. Now Tandy has a support network. And Tyrone, Tyrone is alone in the church on the run for the suspected murder of his brother's killer. Lest we forget that whole situation is much different and thankfully treated so dang great in the show. Also interesting is the show dealing with trafficking in persons issues that are plaguing the U.S. and really plaguing the world if you really think about it. 
the duo of Tandy and Tyrone have figured out more of their powers and sometimes they're working together sometimes they're working apart to keep New Orleans safe from crime they also have their own issues to deal with but thankfully they have each other to get through it all as they save the vulnerable people of New Orleans from the cruelty of criminals there's bloodshed and twists and turns and then the mayhem stuff I mentioned also the continued connections to voodoo ideas and while our heroes have advanced in their powers they're still far from perfect and they still haven't figured out everything still good Honestly, maybe the best superhero show on TV right now, but time will tell. Episode 3 was called Shadow Selves. I mentioned the whole trafficking angle, and that's a big portion of this episode. Tyrone has been trying to take down criminals, but his actions have just led to worse and worse consequences. And now it's a big mission to save kidnapped women that ties into Tandy's whole group therapy thing where she's dealing with her own abusive past. This episode is about moral moral lines and the division between stopping and perhaps even killing bad guys versus stopping systemic injustices and inequalities. Mayhem may be a, a sharp edge in dealing with her missions, but uh, she has a lot of her, her stuff shown in flashback that, that really makes this character make sense. And now Tandy and Tyrone need to deal with whether the methods of Mayhem are better than their own. Seriously, you, you do know that Mayhem is not a hero, but there's times you can't help root, but root for the character. The show examines so many different complex ideas about privilege based on gender, race, class, and more. <laughs> it's so good, but I've already said that. Then episode four, Rabbit Hold. Oh, my friends, welcome to the Dark Force Dimension. Tandy goes into it. There's revelations and consequences. And yes, uh, the Connor, the, the brother killer of Tyrone, is dealt with. I don't know how to not spoil everything that goes down, but it is really incredible. And then there's more stuff for Tyrone and his mom. Uh, and we've seen his mom in previous episodes. We've seen uh, potential moral compromise. I dig the actions in in the world of uh, of. Uh, cloak and dagger have consequences and the consequences and actions do tie together uh the episode uh with the dark force dimension is all about uncomfortable truths and we learned a bunch more for tyrone and tandy and also i just really dig the dark force dimension being addressed so well um and and exactly what's going on with mayhem we're still figuring it out the end of the episode means a lot of things in the future i'm hooked on the show just like i was during the last season this is not the cw this is what marvel shows should and could be and if you're not watching the show you really are missing out friends and there actually is a fifth episode that's come out i just haven't had a chance to watch it yet just like i haven't had a chance to watch the tick season two on uh on Amazon Prime. That's out right now, and that's a show that I need to catch up on and probably will have to wait for the summer to do so. Uh, Happy Season 2, Episode 1. Yeah, Happy's back. And the first episode is The War on Easter. Nothing says disturbing and delightful uh, like an S&M Easter bunny to start things off blowing up nuns. Uh, then we learn this whole whole thing is going to be about uh, evil bastard Sunny Shine trying to co-opt Easter with the blessing of the Pope. Wowza. Bring on uh, Nick, who's still connected to imaginary friend, Pegasus Unicorn, happy, but trying not to drink or be a criminal, and you know that's not going to go good for him, but points for trying, and man, I really love seeing Christopher Maloney act his face off in all the scenes. Uh, in episode one, there's an axe fight, Easter shenanigans, rabbis, and then believe it or not, a show looking at childhood PTSD, basically just bloody fun. It's meant to shock, and it does. Everything is also nicely tied into events from the Christmas madness of last season. Characters have to deal with that, except for uh, asshat narcissist Sunny Shine, but we know he's an evil bastard. Uh, then there's weirdness for Blue Scaramucci which I'm sure will play out in the season. The identity of the Twisted Easter Bunny is also revealed and uh, and is a bit of a shocker, but uh, and, and it can't be good for Sax and his family, but I'll keep that secret. Episode 2 is Tallahassee. Nick and Haley have father-daughter bonding time, and while he's definitely not Father Matilda, he does try even if things go awry often. I mean, horse betting is not responsible parenting, but at least it's parenting. Uh, the Scaramucci stuff continues on in prison a bit. Mama Amanda might be losing her mind. When I say Mama Amanda, I do mean uh, Nick's daughter, Haley. Her mom, Amanda, might be losing her mind, courtesy of events in Shine Tower from Season 1. Didn't even mention it, but former Detective Mary also is working on taking down Sunny Shine. Lots going on. And while Episode 2 is not the best episode, it got the story going, Len lets us feel heartbroken for interactions with Haley and Nick. Nick also gets more action courtesy of the axe fight from the previous episode, and then things go down in a bingo hall. In Episode 3, Some Girls Need a Lot of Repenting. Uh, this episode is all breaking and entering in a surprise mansion that brings us Anne-Margaret and provides a weird yet wonderful musical number that includes electrifying murder. It's weird. Not the best thing I've seen, but somehow I could not stop watching. Uh, Mom 
Mama Amanda's meltdown continues with a candy binge, which is very cringeworthy, and the Easter Bunny's plans from the previous episode are unveiled in a gross Easter egg hunt for religious kiddos sort of way. Uh, that that particular moment is gross, but every episode of the show starts with a big shock, and that's the case for this episode. Also, stuff for Mary and Blue Scaramucci. Uh, if you wonder why I keep saying Scaramucci, I have to say that after I say the word blue, because I need Blue Scaramucci not to be confused with the much more heroic blue that is in my real life. Uh, the the weirdness of Scaramucci uh, is connected to his nephew stuff in the first season and his grandmother's knitting needles in the first episode of season two. Uh, poor Haley is in a Catholic school now, complete with Ash Wednesday and awful children taunting her horrific past with the really bad Santa. I cheer on Haley as she stands up for herself, but then there's the Easter Bunny. I'm still keeping that identity secret, but thankfully, Nick's breaking and entering is semi-successful with a great nod to Betamax, Betamax technology that um, will show videos in the episode that will end childhood innocence. The schlong-tastic drunken wife of a famous person who can see happy stuff is connected to Mary and sunny shine is laced throughout all of this, including the Easter egg hunt stuff. Wowza. It is hard not to spoil this cuckoo banana show, but I will say it's worth watching provided you're not easily offended. Episode four blitzkrieg. Uh, the preview of season two promised geriatric Nazis. And in this episode, that's where the payoff happens and payoff. It does in a big disturbing and bloody way. Also learn more about sunny shine and his, uh, his, uh, well, his powers are explained based off of a, a kitty host that he usurped and, uh, is connected somehow to geriatric Nazis. This is, uh, also you find out about blackmail videos, uh, more for Haley, more for the Easter Bunny character. And man, poor Haley is really dealing with the imperfections of her parental units. Also more for Sunny's creepy shinies that is weirder than when Mary shot one in, first, in season one. Uh, and then gets much weirder and includes a toilet. Mr. Scaramucci's prison blackout stuff is dealt with uh, in one heck of a, a, a few creepy scenes that include prisoners. And I, I wonder how his weirdness is going to be connected. All the crazy wild stuff going on besides that. I mean... Mary has a maniac murder boardroom worthy of any conspiracy theorist. And then the show just gets weirder and is so different than anything on television. It is irreverent. And uh, the challenge for viewers is whether the current wild thing being shown is going to be the, the moment that's a bridge too far. For me, I'm still on board with everything, but somehow I know this show is just wild fun. That ultimately doesn't mean anything in the real world, but it's just, well, whoa, this is going on okay and uh i would never have believed that all of the comic book love was gonna lead to this show existing but it does i i know that nick Sachs definitely needs to be nicer to happy who is weirdly going through puberty in this season and having his own innocence ruined by association with nick but that is enough about the show there is another new episode that i've actually seen but i i didn't write down any of my thoughts so we'll talk about episode five of happy on a future episode Gotham Season 5, Episode 11. They did what? Question mark? Ah, the eventual wrap-up to this entire No Man's Land mess of a final season for Gotham, where they try to be an iconic Batman show and forget the previous seasons uh, wherever they want. Points for trying? I think the title does sum up not only this entire episode, but the entire show, and hopefully someday in the future I'm going to sit down with super fan of Gotham Jen to hash out... Uh, the entire entirety of Gotham. And uh, I will still ask the same as this episode title. They did what? Question mark? Basically, this episode feels like a finale where Bruce uses bat tech. The Penguin and Riddler work out their bromance rivalry issues. Bane is dealt with. That whole scene with the heroes and villains working together from the first episode of the season finally happens but looks different. Barbara names her baby girl after Batgirl. And we discover Jim Gordon's whole love life was just so the name of that baby girl would make sense. Penguin gets injured so his days with the monocle make sense. Uh, Nissa Al Ghul goes out with a whimper. And what else to say but meh. Honestly... I was not a fan when the show tried to tackle Rajal Ghoul um, and making him part of the finale just sort of felt blah to me. They should have leaned in the Joker, and I know the final episode promises that, but j just one episode of Batman and Joker, I don't know. Seriously, my entire review of Gotham is they did what? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Then this episode is just wrapping up everything, so someday Batman and Gotham City makes sense, but it doesn't to me based on the events of this show, and I am entitled to my opinion. They did finish the show 
you don't even have to watch anything beyond this. Uh, but but you know the the last episode is a promised Batman episode, the first episode of a Batman series, if you will. And uh, while I haven't watched it yet, I do plan to watch it. Uh, there's more that happened in this episode. You can watch it if you want to see it. Uh, I, I Honestly, I'm just looking forward to one more hour of Gotham and then talking to Jen about it on a podcast episode and then being done with the entirety of Gotham, which all my rankings of every show that I've watched this year is at the very, very, very bottom. Enough said. Uh, also, Batman's a dick. Selena, you should just kill that motherfucker in the show, and it wouldn't it wouldn't make a difference because everything's fine with that Batman. They've got Commissioner Gordon now; everything's fine. All right, moving on. Uh, the Flash season five, episode eighteen. Godspeed. Yes, my friends. The title of this episode is Godspeed, and I wondered how in the heck they would find a way to use the character Godspeed in the show and uh, and somehow they did. They found a good way to bring another speedster villain into the show that has done so many and and this this episode is great all about the secrets of Nora. It is set in the future and I dug it so damn much. Lots of sweet little notes connecting to events from the show through many different seasons and a bunch of nods to the very first episode of The Flash. Heck, there's even a nod to Black Lightning in the show which you might miss if you're not paying attention. Amongst all this goodness is Ebarthon and the motivations of Nora making a ton of sense. Really good, even if one of the coolest villains from recent Flash comics is mainly used as a device. Godspeed looks super fracking cool. So I will forgive it and hope for a return in future seasons. As Nora would say, this episode's so shui. Learning more about the little runner takes this episode up a notch and there's some great moments for Barry and Iris and an end which is all sorts of heartbreaking episode 19 snowpack well hello episode bringing back Caitlin's evil ice dad who they awfully call icicle but you can't be mad about it because it's an actual DC villain so you have to forgive it then there's strife for Iris and Barry over all the Nora stuff and time travel and more Thon and lots of great character interactions we once again connect to remembering Cicada is the villain of this particular season this episode ends big and bombastic, but I, I like them flouting their CGI work and the way it all shakes out is typical CWM melodrama that's done wonderfully and uh, that I'm always down for. Ralph Dibney gets some time, which is always going to make me happy. And then the consequences of what's going on with Nora go much darker than I would have expected was going to happen when we first met this carefree character at the beginning of the season should be very interesting in the next episode where everything should be dealt with so much i want to talk about but you know i try to stay spoilers free so let's just say there's different ways characters care about each other which might surprise you in nice ways sure look actor tom cavanaugh gets so many great acting moments in this combination filler episode that also dealt with important things i really Dug it. Moving on to Arrow Season 7, Episode 18, Lost Canary. The show decides to do a filler episode of sorts, which is all girl power as Dinah and Felicity try to keep Black Siren Laurel from returning to a life of crime. Couple this with flash forwards where Daughter of Arrow and Felicity, aka Mia, is working with the future Canaries, as in a lot of vigilante women united to fight for good against a super anti-vigilante robot helmeted thing, which was shown in previous episodes showing future stuff. Uh, the Salmon Ladder makes a return to Arrow. Woo woo! As well as the return of a beloved old school Arrow character. Seriously, this episode felt like a return to the Wonners and season two goodness. Uh, and it was it was badass good and bad ladies in an episode full of ass kicking and interpersonal dynamics. But whether you can force redemption on people, really enjoyed it. And the bad version of Laurel gets her due and also provides something towards the end for old school fans of Arrow to smile about. It was a really good episode. Episode 19 entitled Spartan. What to say about this? But Ernie Hudson! Exclamation mark! Oh man! And and then there's more for John Diggle's background as the Ninth Circle goes after Felicity's Archer Tech for the nefarious plans. I think the whole point of this episode was the big showdown for Ollie and his sister Emiko towards the end. It was not the best episode, uh, in so much as I half watched it and then I smiled every time Ernie Hudson was on the screen because my nostalgia was significantly touched. And uh, this is one of those Mission of the Week episodes. Uh, the flash forward stuff wasn't so great. There is a mention of a Deathstroke gang, but we never get to see it, and apparently it is all tied to sibling rivalry stuff for Connor Hawk, who, lest we forget, is the adopted son of Diggle, who this episode teaches us has his own dad issues to deal with. It is a lot, 
But like I said, it gets to Ollie telling Emiko what he learned about her mother's death and whether she stays evil. The end of the episode leaves questions in that regard. I like Diggle getting character work, so this episode was not a complete loss. Also, I'm really supposed to care about Felicity's archer tech, but it's really just another technology plot device thingy, so whatever. But here's hoping uh, this season of Arrow can end strong. Time will tell. Going to Supergirl Season 4, Episode 17, all about Eve. And man, this episode ends darkly. And my O-face, as everything went down, was appropriate since uh, since the show is is being crazy and providing moments for you to be shocked by because Lex Luthor is now the villain. And that's what the show should do when Lex Luthor is the villain. Surprisingly, Lex is not in this episode a ton. But as the title suggests, it is about Kara, Alex, and Lena tracking down Miss Tessmacher. And yes, sometimes she is, she is referred to that way beyond uh, when she first showed up in Catco. The plotting of the bad guys is pretty diabolical. There's delightful interactions with Lena and Supergirl dealing with the whole experimenting with Harnell stuff. Then me smiling as Lena interacts with her mother in prison. James Olsen also has some PTSD to contend with, courtesy of everything that's gone down for him in the season. Spends many great character moments with his sister, who seemingly has joined the show. The way the way uh, way James Olsen's uh, psychology stuff is handled is not the best, but the, it seems like the show's heart is in the right place. The true joy of this whole episode is the return of John's dad, Mirren, and everything that goes down on that regard is the Martian Manhunter comes to turn with who he is. This episode was so dang good, and Heather and I were so happy with all of it. Episode was light on Brainy and Nia, but it needed to be because this episode had a darker tone, and um, things go down because of what goes down, and it ends really, really dark, and all in all, it's just a dang good episode with one heck of a what-the-what end episode 18 crime and punishment uh the effect of the crazy end from the previous episode means tough times for Kara. but at least there's more team up action for her and lena in the prison which used to hold lena's brother lex also otis aka uh the new kryptonite shooting metallo sorry if that's a spoiler but i didn't know how else to talk about it lex somehow gets to be a mastermind when he's not even in the episode. There's prisoners and questions of whether Supergirl does actual good. So much more. The end promises some interesting choices for Kara's secret identity. I really liked one particular prisoner interacting with uh, her differently as Supergirl and Kara Danvers. Yay for lovely Brainy coming back. There's a great moment with Nia and the way the show takes a character like Colonel Haley and complicates your feelings for her really should be commended. I really love the way they use Lex in the background and then uh, guide the show to how the next episode is going to play out for Kara. It was a really good episode. Legends of Tomorrow, Season 4, Episode 9. Yep, Legends is back. Came back April 1st. And the first episode that came back, Episode 9, Lucha de Apuestas. Welcome back to the Airwaves, Legends. And thanks for a zany episode dealing with the romance of Mona and Kunani the Cape. All within 1961, Lucha Libre Wrestling in 1961, Mexico. I don't know why I said 1961 Lucha Libre fighting in 1961 Mexico. It's the same time. I'm sorry. I probably was tired when I typed my show notes. I'll admit this wasn't the best episode of the show that's ever been made, but it is fun because all the characters are having fun in the episode. And while it is silly, it does hit a few character beats that will drive events forward in the future. I know because one is dealt with three episodes later, and I've already watched that episode. Not much more to say about episode nine. But it's back, it's goofy, it's funny, and at least they dealt with uh, the whole Cape stuff, the escaping Cape stuff. Episode 10, The Getaway. This is the National Lampoon's vacation combined with the movie Frost-Nixon mashup episode that you never knew you wanted, uh, but it is amazing. And it deals with Nate and his dad's relationship so well. It also includes Nixon heavily in super funny ways and the legends running from the Time Bureau and a mother truck and RV on the road to Disney World. Yes, that is the silly awesomeness of this irreverent <laughs> irreverent to the other dark DC shows. It's just a fun show, which which rebounded from the previous episode with one that is rad. Elements of Smokey and the Bandit and so much more. My, my only negative might be stuff with Mona because I do not dig her character, but that doesn't ruin anything here since Captain Lance gets some great time courtesy of it. Seriously, the great character work that was absent from the Mexican wrestling episode was here, and you also get a fun fight scene or two. And then the end of the episode is a bit of a shock, but drives the action of the next episode. 1973 Road Tripping and an Egyptian beetle which forces characters to tell the truth and I, I like uh, all the Haywood father-son stuff it's 
good. And now I know why Nate has been separated from the team working for the Time Bureau. And also yay for romantical awkwardness for him and Zari. And the legends put Dick in a box and watch this episode, especially for the end, which will color the rest of the season. Episode 11, Seance and Sensibility. And you should just hear that title and know that Jane Austen is going to somehow be connected. But wait, you're also going to get a Bollywood musical number, courtesy of an ancient Hindu god of love. Yes, oh yes, Legends is great. Uh, also an episode dealing with death and dying besides a lovely musical number with Zari learning about love. Uh, the funeral is where you get the seance stuff with Constantine doing all his warlocky great stuff that he does. And then bro time for Nate and Roy or Ray. And then all the Jane Austen setting stuff. All of this is woven together incredibly well the way the show does when it's hitting on all, all cylinders. It really does show how great legends is the writers get to have fun which translates to the characters having fun but they're still character driven deep stuff to contend with their sexy dream time also with love dust and then uh, mona has heartbreak to contend with and for once i see why the writers have included her even if sometimes she is sort of a plot device and i could see her dying later to drive the story forward uh, she works real well on this episode and makes the jane austen stuff better and bonus she can sing as good as zari the emotional stuff in this episode for nate is pretty great and includes one heck of a wacky secret being revealed plus a big reveal at the end which will come to play later i am positive episode 12 the eggplant, the witch, and the wardrobe. And no, you're not getting a lot of Chronicles of Narnia other than the fact that a wardrobe is involved in this episode. We're back to finally contending with the demon Neron from the beginning of the season. But we also get to watch Sarah and Eva work on their relationship while trying to get out of Eva's version of Purgatory, which is basically Ikea hell seriously some really fun stuff but then you get constantine facing off against neron and a bonus for nora dark's involvement which ties ties into the continued bro time for nate and ray man i miss their antics together and that that also deals with the wacky secret that i mentioned from episode 11 uh this is the character stuff i mentioned i love about the show there's darkness but fun too and then a couple twists to what characters do which actually works and uh and it's surprising they do other really great surprises there's a surprise at the end that worked well i love the legends and while the other shows in the dcw are so good what this show succeeds at is just being fun and leaning into the absurdity while also somehow still finding time to be serious and have great character moments i dig legends and i wonder where everything is going to go since i'm not sure how many total episodes of the season actually are going to be and I did not jump online to find out. So there you go. But friends, I think uh, I think that is enough for another episode of uh, of Laughing Up Fuzzball. I think uh, we have successfully recorded another episode. Me and you, me recording it, and you listening to the end result. But thanks, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being classy. Hopefully, you saw Endgame and loved it like me. Hopefully we can talk more about it later. Uh, and just thanks. Thanks for being a listener. All of you international fuzzballs. Uh, remember, always one there is. Because there is always one buffer seat if the theater has uh, has, uh, has has assigned seating. And always one there is. There always are buttheads that want to spoil things. So just do your best to avoid them. Uh, always better to see the movie early. But uh, if you can't, I, I feel you. We all have real lives. I get it. That's why I'm recording and got off work early recording. Then I'll, I'll uh, communicate with my beloved Heather because family is important. Maybe uh, maybe talk to my kiddos and uh, and then and then get the episode up later and, and watch some Game of Thrones and then get sleep because there's homework to do because uh, grad school. Two, two, three more weeks of grad school. Then <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jeebus. I'll be done. But um, yeah, go see Endgame. Go see Shazam too. That was a good one, and uh, and hopefully you enjoyed Game of Thrones. Hopefully I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna be watching it here in the near future, and maybe talking about it on the next episode or in an episode or two. We shall see. And uh, just thanks for being you. Thanks for being a, a podcast listener. That makes you my friend. Uh, if you listen, I really, I really appreciate it. I uh, wow, so many people from all over the world listening. Even if it's just one listen from Burkina Faso, wow, just still sort of blows my mind. Uh, but thank you, thank you for being a part. And this is Wookie in his highlighter yellow Aquabat shirt, uh, saying, "Tell your mom 
tell your dad the laugh it up fuzzballs are super rad <laughs> but uh, you know all the thing laugh it up fuzzball podcast at gmail.com is the email where you can reach me if you if you want to send me an email ask a question or whatever of course you can always drop comments on the laugh it up fuzzball.net website Oh, but only like three or three to five comments have dropped out. I'll be looking in the near future to see if anybody dropped five star ratings on on Apple Music or Apple Podcast. I mean, or any of the other things. But if you haven't, go ahead and drop like a written comment. Let's get a let's get this podcast out to more people. And that's one way. If you really like it, you can guarantee do it. Add your friends to Laugh It Up Fuzz Balls, the Facebook group. If you're not already a part of it, just ask to join. Please, please come join. Let's talk geek. I love it. it brings me so much joy when people are talking about geeky things. When there's when somebody puts something up and a lot of people comment about it, I'm always smiling ear to ear. I really am. Just like I'm smiling ear to ear. Just that people listen to this crazy it's wonderful we're actually this summer we'll get to our three three year mark which is just wild an episode a week for three years what the heck am i thinking a free podcast that's a great idea but it has been it's been lovely and it's given me a really great excuse to keep up on all the geeky stuff that i love and uh and be here talking about it with all of you and just thanks for giving me the opportunity thanks for being friends thank you for being excellent to each other thank you for partying on dudes thanks for being a fuzzball and uh, I guess that's enough for one episode. TTFN, Wookie out. Watch Endgame. Watch Game of Thrones. Subliminal messages. Actually, I'm just talking because I look and it's like 59.36. And I could actually get this to like a solid official hour. But what? Just uh, bum bum ba da bum bum ba da bum bum ba da bum 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 bum. Want some Star Wars? Live it up, fuzzball. I don't know. I'm just trying to... I don't know. TTFN. Wookie. Out.